Okay, good morning. Today's daf is daf Zayin, and today's shir is Le'irunishmas Yochebed Baschaim Avram and Reuven Ben Leib Idol. May the Neshamas have an Aliyah and may the memory be a blessing. Um, so we're going to go from the sixth last line of Baba Bunbei, 6b. Just before we get there, yesterday I, I might have mistaken a point because I said, remember where we question Aviyasar whether he was reliable because he sent a letter without ruling lines on it. That's where you question. So we answered, you know, it, it's fine because it's a tradition of Rabbi Yitzhak. We can't expect him to know every single different sage's um, traditions. If it was something based on logic, like he should have been able to work out the principle from the Vishwas or something like that, then we can expect him to know it. And if he doesn't, well, then he's not a reliable rab. But if he doesn't have that, then we can't um, expect him to know it. So that doesn't take away from his credibility. And then we brought a source, how great he actually was, that he's an example of someone who, when he talks, when he is giving a drosha, at the same time, in some uh, mystical, metaphysical way, Hashem is talking and giving over that exact same Torah. So he's clearly deserving of Hashem's say When they're discussing Pelegesh, forgiving Shemaim, and Hashem says, well, Rebbe Yossor explains it like that. Clearly, he is reliable, and he is a great uh, pious sage. So that's who he is. But in that, the, the point he said, he, he said that those people who traveled to Babel, uh, from Babel to Eretz Israel, he said they remained there for extended periods. I think it's to learn and stuff. It's specifically to learn, especially to learn Tosos' Joshua. So it says they're selling their sons as prostitutes and their daughters as... Uh, and their daughters for food, was it? Um, yeah, for, for wine and drink. Um, so I said that that's not literal. And Rashi's clearly learns it's not literal because remember he says it's, they're showing a, not literally that they're set up their children, but they, it, it's a mindset of how insignificant children are. They never go home, they don't fulfill the mitzvah of having children because of this mindset that children aren't so important, they might as well sell them off. You know, um, Tosas learned, and, and I said, not, so Rashi is definitely not literal that they sell them. Obviously, they're selling their children. Tosas is also not literal. I said he wasn't literal, but he's a little bit closer to literal because he says, Because they, were, they would remain in Eretz Yisrael for very long. I mean, that's the same as Rashi. Um, they would become um, tied up because of food. Behind it, and that's what it means, bizona, bishilmazonas for food. So he also sounds like he's saying it's not literal. When it says sell their daughters, bizona, we translate it as a prostitute, it means for food. But then he says, he says, you could also explain it like it says in the Yerushalmi, there was someone who went and he sold his daughter so that he could go and learn Torah. And he went and he learned. So again, is, he, is that more literal? Or is that similar to what Rashi is saying? They didn't really care about their children compared to their goal of learning Torah, which was this mindset of the not valuing children enough. I mean, sadly, we sometimes seem to be in a society like that. People say, oh, I've got uh, my business to take care of. I've got to, both one who, you know, both uh, aspiring in their careers. And, you know, children, they're a nice thing to have, but uh, I'm going to, I'll put that on hold, or I've got one or two, that's enough, but that's... I was thinking that might be a similar mindset to uh, uh, something to think about. And then the real place where Tosso says it's um, not not literal was a bit later. We brought in the, the story with the Pilegesh Begiva. 
because that's where Hashem agreed to, said this is a chat of Rabbi Eviosar. So there it says, but his name, um, what was the Pasuk again? But his name of is trade. And all the chatting there were to do with making him angry, but not adultery. Tizne, or not sleeping with someone else. So, but tizne is the language, could be zona from adultery, but it means made him angry. So, Tosas explains why, how do I know that it means not literally adultery, it just means she made him angry. Because we have a concept that a, just as a man doesn't return to his wife who's committed adultery, so to a man doesn't return to his pilegesh who commits adultery. Remember, pilegesh is hard to define. Firstly, because it's a mafloches, we showed him um, exactly what it is, but let's call it a semi-wife. I mean, the translation is a concubine, but I mean, that helps us that much. It's a semi-wife. Some say they just almost have a deal to stay together. Some say, no, she's a, a married, but she doesn't have a super. but some sort of semi-wife, a pilegesh. But he won't return to her if she has already committed adultery. And his proof is from David Amalek, when Absalom was driving, was rebelling against his father David and taking over the kingdom. Is it um is advised that him sleep with your father's be like ship. Um, firstly it shows your dominium and you've totally exiled him and uh, it was uh, I mean besides for that it's completely also it was a very politically it was a very strategic and uh, well well good idea politically. Um, but and then it says and Betieno Troros ad Yob Moison Amonos they lived as living wives. I, David never ever took them back. Because once your Pelegish has committed adultery, you've been with someone else, you never take them back. I wasn't sure, so he says, that's how Tosos proved. This, this man wanted to take his Pelegish back, so it must be that she didn't commit adultery, because, or Batisna, that means she could. Because if she had committed adultery, he would never have taken her back. Um, I was thinking, so that's, uh, that's just, I'm not sure if it's a halachic tip. You know, like a man who knows his wife has committed adultery, it's forbidden for him to take her back. Is it a, is it halacha, or is it just like I don't know what the word etiquette? But that's not uh, something that people would have done. Okay, but that's uh, that was just the point I wanted to clarify that I mixed up yesterday. So Omar Abchizda, let's go from the sixth last line of Vavam Abayz six B. Omar Abchizda lo elam al nital adam aimu yisera besos beisol. A person should not place excess fear on his household. He shouldn't rule with fear. He shouldn't make his family, his household, terrified of him. The husband of the Pelegesh or giver placed excess fear on his household. And tens of thousands of Jews died. Um, again, because she was so afraid that he had made her angry, that she had made him angry, and she ran away. And that's what led to the whole story of the Pelegesh Begiver. It says, says, anyone who places excess terror on his household, he will come to three Averos. Gilo Arayos, Shvichos, Domin, Bechilil, Shabbos. Gilo Arayos, murder, and Chilil Shabbos, desecrating Shabbos. Rashi explains how we get where all of those, if he places excess fear, he says, Gila Arayos, because maybe she'll need to go to mikveh in the cold and it'll be too freezing. The mikvehs weren't mostly like, oh, thank you, thank you so much. Um, their mikvehs weren't like our mikvehs, you know, in a building, hopefully warmed up, 
etc. Their mikvahs were um, outside in the cold. So if it's too freezing and she's not going to want to go to mikvah, but she's too terrified of her husband, she's going to say, yes, I did go to mikvah. And she'll cause him to sleep with her as a nida. So, so if she's too afraid of her husband, it's going to cause him to stumble in Gilarayas. Interesting, there's a question, if you want to be technical, is Nida really one of the Gilarayas? Um, remember, it works slightly differently to the other Arayas, and in certain halachas, to do with Arayas, Nida doesn't apply. It's a, one of them is, just about them, them are, there's two exceptions, or one and a half exceptions, if someone's an erva, they remain an erva forever. So let's say someone's mother-in-law, even after their wife has passed away, that woman, and even if they remarry, that original mother-in-law remains an erva to them. The only exception to that rule is your, this, your, your wife's sister. As long as your wife, even if you've divorced or not, is alive, you're not allowed to marry your sister, but if your wife dies, then her sister's permitted to you. That's the only exception. But all the other arayos, once an erva, always an erva. But Nida's not so. Nida, you can remain married to her, she becomes an erva to you, and then you're back together, then an erva. So that's, a, so that's one proof. Um, another proof is a woman's a Nida, when her husband dies, she does, she does fall in Yubal. Remember, if someone's in, remember right at the beginning of your Vamos, right at the beginning of Seder Noshim, so we're going back, uh, what, a year and a half, two years ago. Um, if a woman's an erva, if let's say your brother's married to your wife's sister, or your brother's married to your mother-in-law, and then he dies without children, she does not fall in evil. If your brother's married to a nida, and he dies, she does fall in evil. So, so, I mean, I, I think it is... Is that your statement? If your, mother, if your, if your brother's, brother's married, married to your mother-in-law... No, one wants to think your, your brother's and, married to a nida. A nida. I, I, his wife's a nida when he dies. Yeah, okay, but she's going to change. She is going to change. change. Yeah, but I'm saying it just brings out that it has different halachas to the regular arayos. It is in the paragraph of arayos, and it is the isukores. Um, but it's... Uh, Isukores, but it, as I'm saying, it has slightly different thing. Another difference would be generally, don't we say the child of an Isukores is a mamzer? Isn't it? The child of a Rais. One of the Rais, one of the Isukores. But well, not for a leader, yeah. <laughs> so, so that's what I'm just saying. That, so if you want to get that, it, it is one of the Rais, but it's different to the other Rais. So that's something to just think about here with Rashi's example. Okay, a person shouldn't place extra excesses fear on his house because he's going to stumble in these three virus. The first one is Gilo Rais. And Rashi's example is that because his wife's going to be too cold to go to the mikvah. It's freezing outside. The mikvah's asked over and she's going to have to uh, hack her way to go to mikvah in it and she can't go. And she's going to tell her husband that she did go because she's afraid of his reaction. So that's uh, how he'll stumble in Gilo Arayos. The next one was Shvichas um, Damim. So he says, either like we see Bapilegesh forgive look what it triggered, the murderer triggered, when her, she was terrified of her husband so she ran away and ended up getting uh, raped and, and caused the whole civil war. Or he says, I guess a more likely way, she's going to run away and she's going to uh, fall into, you know, running away at night. You, you hear the stories of people spraining their ankles and stuff in load shedding and stuff. She's going to run away and fall into a ditch or something like that and die. Um, and Chilul Shabbos, because she's running late on Friday afternoon, and she realizes she's forgot to uh, cook the food. Comes Shabbos, she 
or light the candles. She's so afraid of her husband that she quickly goes and lights and puts the food on. So what's she doing for him? She's cooking on Shabbos because she's afraid of her husband's reaction for not having his favorite uh, dish there on Shabbos. So that's why a person should not, if a person rules his house with excessive fear, he might think he's getting everyone to listen and do exactly as he wants and perfectly, but it's going to cause him to stumble in severe abhorrence. Amar um, Oh, yeah, just on that, uh, the murder one's interesting. The Chachuk but I haven't quoted him in a while. Remember, that's Rav Zilberstein, a phenomenal genius of a Talmud Chacham. Thinks a bit differently to us generally in Sak, but from a genius Talmud Chacham in, um, in Eretz Israel, he tries on every doubt to bring a few more practical cases from the Sugyas learned and a proof either way from every doubt. That's his, uh, his safer called Chachuk It goes through, I don't know which volumes are on, but it's on most of Shas, but on every single doubt he has one or a few examples of a practical halacha there. And on this one he's discussing a case the, from the Ben Yehoyada who says that the, uh, there was a case where uh, a woman had prepared something for her husband and she saw a snake and she was like about to serve it to him or she had just served it to him and she saw a snake slither away from it. Either the snake had drunk from it and made it poisonous. And she was caught in shock and too afraid to tell her husband, don't, don't eat it, don't eat it, and he ate it and he died. So then the Chashuk HaChemed analyzes, is that woman considered a murderer? Obviously she's not an actual murderer, she was, she was totally passive and stuff, but is she a murderer? And he brings, uh, I don't want to go into the discussion now, but interestingly he says, like, it totally caught her by shock. It wasn't that she said, ooh, my husband's a bad guy, he abuses me, let him die, let him die. It's not, that's not the case. It was just total shock. She said, oh my gosh, what's happening? And, you know, all the terror and fear, I guess, wells up inside of her that her husband's going to die, but if she tells him he's going to beat her, you know, like, so, so that's shock that she can't be held accountable for, that shock. Okay, but carrying on, um, Omar Rabba, um, second last line of Obama Reis, Omar Rabba Bamachana, Hod Omar, the Omri Rabbonan, Shloshad Varim Tsarich Oidam Loma Besos Beisol. That's that it says that three things that a person has to say in his house, Erev Shabbos, on Erev Shabbos in Kashaycha, on Erev Shabbos when it's starting to get dark. Isartim Arabtim Ibliku Etz Haner. I separated, have, we, have you separated Maser? Have you set up the Eruv? And have you lit in candles? So you need to say them with calmness. Do it gently. Don't like, make sure you've done this dinner. Don't say it calmly and nicely. Speak nicely to people. So that they accept it. If you shout at people and uh, are scary, people aren't going to want to listen to you. But do it in a nice way that people are happy to help. There's Omar to Rabbi Baruchana. Rabbi Ashi says, I never heard this teaching of Rabbi Baruchana. Look, I am to Misfara and I applied it to Misfara logically. He says, it's, it's the correct way to deal with people. You should always speak to people nicely. You should never try get people to do what you want out of fear. Yeah, you do it out of uh, kindness and caring. Um, just interesting, I think uh, always on Erev Shabbos, important to remember is uh, um, we see that going into Shabbos, one of the, the key quality around Shabbos is Shalom Bayis. I know that from the main mitzvah we do on Friday night, lighting Shabbos candles, the whole purpose, but that is Shalom Bayis, so that no one uh, bumps into Shabbos and gets aggravated with everyone because it's all dark. Um, 
And uh, we lucky, we see the aggravation that darkness can call. We have a whole country seething. We have a whole country seething because of uh, too much darkness. So, uh, so, so we are, we can appreciate that. But so, you, so that's the mitzvah for shalom bias. And there's many other allusions to the importance of shalom bias on Shabbos. That's not, but on erev Shabbos, there's always the op- not the opposite. There's a tendency to the opposite. Everyone's getting stressed, rushing to get ready, and the kids are hungry and they're going crazy, and there's 50 last minute things you thought you were ready and there are all of a sudden 100 things to just finish up and pack away and sort out and uh, um, make sure the, the reserve lights and the, the soda and everything is set correctly. Always so many things that everyone's getting tense and aggravated and it's a time that the satan's taking advantage to try ruin shadow bias. So we have to be conscious of that because again the satan's always going to pick his battles and his battles are going to be where they'll matter. So this is clearly something where that matters and uh, we want to try to uh, mitigate it. A person should always be careful not to place extra fear in the house. Because there was a person who put extra fear on his house and they fed him something that's a big deal of something that you're not allowed to eat. We'll see what it's in. Who was that? It was Rabbi Hanina ben Gamliel, the great sage. There's hechlus hakdatach. Do you think that they actually fed him the isur? There's hashda behemtam shel tzadikin ein akadosh baruch hu maybe takol al yodom. Hashem doesn't even bring averes through the animals of tzadikim. Tzadikim asmo lakol shekain. How much more so Hashem's not going to bring averes through the actions of the through the tzadik himself? That's the famous story with Rabbi Pinchas ben Yoyer and his very pious donkey. And they say about, you know, if the Rishonim, if the, the, the latter generations of Tanoim said, if the early generations were like, maybe like Moraim about the Tanoim, if the early generations were like angels, we're like men. If the early generations were like men, well then we're like animals and not even this pious donkey of Rabbi Pinchas ben Yor. What's the story of him? They went to an inn and they tried, they gave the donkey food and he wouldn't eat it. Turned out they hadn't separated master. So we see our various don't even go to the animals of Tzadikim, how much more so they're not going to go to the Tzadik himself. So now you're telling me that Rabbi Hanina ben Gamliel ate this Dover Godel? El Abikshulach Shilo Dover Godel or my new, they wanted to feed him, they were going to feed him something also and what was that? Eva Minachai. From a living animal. Basically, they had prepared food, or they were supposed to prepare food, and something went wrong. Maybe they burnt it or something, so they needed to get some quickly get some other meat for their scary master. So they went and just cut off from a living animal to feed it. In the end, he didn't eat it. Something happened, but he didn't eat it. But that's the danger of placing excessive fear. Tosos asked an interesting question, and actually asked it comes up just about every time you have the sugya. But I had it recently in school. It's we find throughout us that. Great sages make mistakes. And calamities and abhiras do happen through the hands. The one I had recently, Rabbi Yehuda ben Tabai sentenced an aide Zoymem to death and he executed him when he should not have. That's what do you mean? The animals don't even, mistakes don't even happen through the animals. And now we have someone killing by mistake. And then there are a few examples throughout Shas. Tosos brings at least three. Um, and he says, so what is it? So Rabbeinu Tam explains, no, there's something... Unique. I'm not sure what it is. This, uh, if anyone has suggestions, I'd love it. And there's something uniquely repulsive about eating something also. And this midah that Hashem doesn't let takola through, come through the hands of tzadikim is eating something also. And so other abeiras, they might accidentally do. But eating, 
is something that Hashem would not let a tzaddik eat something also. And then he adds another caveat to that rule because we find other cases where, for example, it says that Rabirmiya Bar Abba actually forgot and he ate something before Abdullah, which just says about eating before Abdullah that it's deserving of death. There's an aspect of eating before Abdullah too, and he accidentally ate before death, and that's got to do with Isur. And it brings another case where someone accidentally, uh, oh sorry, Mistos of Askara, not he's deserving of, of dying from Askara. Um, and it's brought in Maseches Rosh Hashanah that someone accidentally ate on, uh, I think it was Rava accidentally ate on, uh, was it Rava? Not sure who it was. Accidentally ate on Yom Kippur. I mean, mixed up in calculations and stuff. Not just he ate on it, but he ate on Yom Kippur. So we see that Tzadikin do stumble in food. So he says, no, you can't compare permitted food in an author time to author food. There's a difference between kosher food, but when you're not allowed to eat it, non-kosher food. So it's a big question. You forget it's a fast day, and you say a broch, and then you realize it's a fast day. So should you eat it or not? Let's say it's a regular fast day, so it's kind of a broch levatala, if you don't eat. But on the other hand, it's a isudra bonnet to eat on a fast day. <laughs> Just interesting that it's playing with this permitted food on an isudra time, etc. But that's the question. There are other ways of answering this distinction why sometimes we find they made mistakes or not, but that's Rabbeinu Tam's answer on the page. Did you want to ask something? Yeah? No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, you'll, you'll have to look up. Sholach lei marukve l'revi elazor. B'nai odom ha'oibdim al olai uviyadu l'mosron l'malchus mahu. Marukve sent to Rebbe Elazor asking the following question. You'll see why this is brought to you shortly. Um, he says, it's people that are aggravating me. They're causing me trouble. And I have the, a way to give them over to the government. I get them put in jail. Maybe even killed, but get them put in jail. Am I allowed to do that? Um, someone would point out it must be just regular, like basic like verbal harassment. Probably that they actually Obviously it's a harming and... Obviously it's a Jewish government. I'm not sure. I don't even know if it is. I can't see that. Um, no, but this guy's harassing him severely. And there's nothing they can do about it. Well, come, um, come, touch on a point of like that sort of. So, so he says, short touch for cost of lay. Rabbi Elazar ruled lines on a paper and wrote to him. Remember, you always have to rule lines before you write a pasuk. And he says, because of lay. God, mom, ways from sin. Will show me for And I will guard my tongue and I will muzzle my mouth. While the Rosha is opposite me. I Even though the Rosha is opposite you, remain silent. I don't. Don't, don't escalate things, don't get them handed over to the government. But he said back to him, he says, He says, They're making my life a misery and there's nothing, no way for me to stop them. I'm not able to. So what he says, Be silent for Hashem, and then you can place your hope in Him, make a drosh on those words. <coughs> Be silent and leave it up to Hashem, and He will um, cause them to... If you're silent and you leave it up to Hashem, He will cause, He'll slay many for your behalf. Get up early and leave late. The base midrash from the base midrash. I learn extra Torah. The and they will disappear 
by themselves. Adava Yatsami Pirebi Elazar, as soon as this matter went out, as Rebelezer made this as the Psak, the Nasnu Gniva Bukalar and they placed Gnivar in chains. I Gniva, the person who was harassing Marukva, was uh, was arrested. Interestingly, also we see Geneva seemed to have been a Tamar Chacham. So I'm not sure if it's a different Geneva or he had a, he was a Tamar Chacham, but he had a, a bad, well, it sounds like a bit more than a bad day. He was aggravating Rabbi Lozo, uh, not Marukva perpetually, but he had, I mean, one bad quality, whatever it was. I guess sometimes pious people also do uh, have like one area where they blinded. There's a good Friday night uh, drosh at the table. Somebody's bothering you, but you just have not learn, pray. Eventually, it will go away. <laughs> no, let's. Uh, <laughs> okay. mm. I'm not so, yeah, so there is a great Avera Mesir. It's interesting, there's a in Rosh Hashanah which says you shouldn't leave your. You shouldn't ask Hashem to get involved in the case for you. I mean, there's a simple. Be you to ask Hashem to. Yeah, so there's a simple. And he, and he will take judgment from you. They learn from Sarah and Abraham that Hashem, the one who asks Hashem to intervene. And get involved in the court cases, the one who will be judged first before the other person. So I think there's a clear distinction. And there, I don't know if it's the Gomorrah or the Rishonim there make the distinction that is there something you can do about it? I, let's say someone's bothering you and you can take them to court or you can speak to them and deal with it. Then you should not ask them to get involved, you should deal with it in the correct procedure. They said there's nothing you can do. The guy's too powerful, based in, doesn't have the right to summon people, or, you know, whatever it is, and there's nothing you can do about it, then you can ask Hashem to get involved. Okay. They sent to Marukva, Zimra Minol and Asur. How do we know that music is Asur? Remember, we saw a similar sukya that in, in the end of Sata, and that's what Rashi here says, it's the exact same thing. We're talking about music in the base of Mishtas, in the... Feast houses. Um, so Sharte for Kosovo, he ruled the who he wrote lines. He, he ruled lines and wrote back to them. Altisvach Yisrael El Gil Ba'amim. Do not rejoice Israel in the same way that the non that the other nations rejoice. Why didn't he give the following answer? Beshilo Yishtu Yain Yaimar Shar Lishtosov. With song, you should not drink wine, and it will make the beer bitter to those who drink it. Ah, that's the possible we brought in Soita to say that you're not allowed to drink. So why did he not use that same possible? If it would have only been from that song, from that possible, I would have thought that's with musical instruments, but a cappello is fine. Kamash Malan comes to teach us that a cappello is also. Um, I wanted to bring the Meiri because he says, uh, puts it, uh, I think he puts it in a nice perspective, but I forgot to get it. So I'll just tell you, uh, Tosfos here, he says, um, he says he brings Rashi that says it's a base amishdos, and he says there are other much more, so that's what it's discussing. I specifically when you're drinking wine and a regular day or just not, no special celebration that um, that it would be a problem. But he says, You should be, it's appropriate to go strict in all such similar scenarios. I, any scenario that is just for fun, you shouldn't do. 
Tahu Yerushalmi, as we see in the Yerushalmi, and then it's like that they would go to sleep and get up to music and stuff. Not necessary. It says, however, Bashir Shal Mitzvah, sorry, music for a mitzvah is permitted to don Bashar's Chupa, Shaoisi, the Samachat, and Makala, like to play music at the time of a Chupa. Something that, at least according to the strict way of reading the Sugya and Tosos, it would be limited to music for fun. You know, you turn on the music when you're getting up or going to sleep or just having a drink, you know, but if it's for a mitzvah, then it would be fine. I mean, as we've pointed out, we're not so careful with it. It's a big discussion. And Moshe says we should be more careful with it. Other poskim show are we lenient. I think a big dis- dis- distinction also is for them, music was a big deal. You had to literally get a live band. Nowadays, music's not at all a uh, big deal. Okay, Omalei Ravuna bar Nosan Ravashi, Ravuna bar Nosan said to Ravashi, Why do you see Kina vidimoyne va'atadeya? What does it mean, Kina vidimoyne va'atadeya? So Omalei, Mizvoso de Eretz Yisrael kachoshif. What do you mean, what, what does that possibly mean? It's lit, listing cities in Eretz Yisrael. It's describing all the cities in Eretz Yisrael in Seyfi Yoshua. So Omalei, Atana lo yotame misa de Eretz Yisrael kachoshif. What do you think? I don't know that that cities in Eretz Yisrael. Ella Rav Gavia Miyagiza Omabahatami used to give a deep explanation for how what the cities how to read these on a deeper level how to read through these cities. There's Kolshiesh and how did he read it? So remember what were the cities? Kiba Vidimonov Adadaya. Says Kolshiesh Lokina Al Khamera, anyone who's angry with his friend. Vidoimaim and he's silent. That's similar to Dimona. Shoikain Adayad, the one who dwells eternally, I Hashem. Uh, that's from Adadeh. Oisin Loy Din will take up the din on his behalf. Omar Lei, Elamata, Tzikla, Gumer, Damna, Besansana. What about the, that, that Pasuk? says, Hachanami, he should have a beautiful way of expressing the Drosha there. So Omar Lei, Ihabe Rav Gavir, Mibay, Gizahasahabe, Omar Botami. He says, You're right, if Rav Gavir, Mibay, Agoza was here, he wouldn't give a deep explanation into that. I just don't know it. So Rav Acham, Mibay, Chazai, Omar Botami. Rav Acham, Mibay, Chazai said the following explanation. It's Komishesho, Sakas Legimo. A claim for his livelihood. From Rashi, it seems that someone's doing something that's affecting his livelihood. And he's not able to stop them for some reason either. It says, Vidimum, and he's silent. Shochein Besneh, the one who dwells in, who, who dwelt in the bush. This is the burning bush by Moshe, the first time that Moshe encountered him. Oisel Edim will take up his judgment on his behalf. Like someone's taking control of his life to a degree that they are um, ruining his livelihood, Hashem will take up their debt. Omele Reish Galusa, Ravuna Reish Galusa, Tiravuna, Klilam Minolot Osir. How do we know that this crown that um, grooms would wear is also nowadays? Omele Midrabonan, says it's Xavier Midrabonan, the time of Pumoshel Aspinos in the campaign of Aspinos, this was shortly before the destruction of the second base of Big Dash. Aspinos wasn't the one who destroyed the base of Big Dash, but I think it was. It was shortly before him, after him, that it was destroyed by like the next general or so. Gozra la Torres Chasonim ba'ala Irus. They made it gazera against the crowns that grooms used to wear and against playing tambourines. Atahachi kom Rafuna la Afnuye. In the interim, Rafuna went to the bathroom. Omalei Rav Chizda crocs. Rav Chizda says, "What do you mean? It's a it's a now Rav Chizda wouldn't talk to Rav Huna in front of his Rav Huna's Rebbe, but to those around, he says, I think it's actually Doraisa. The pasuk says, 'Ko Amar Hashem Elokim, Asar Amitznefes, Oharem Ha'atorah. Remove the mitznefes, that's the hat of the Kohen Gadol, and 
take off your crown. This, not this. They've elevated the lower ones and the great ones they have lowered. Says, What's the mitznefes of the Kohen Godel got to do with the crown? To tell you, When the Kohen Godel wears his special hat, then everyone else can wear their hats and their crowns. Their crowns. When the Kohen Godel no longer wears his his uh, hat, So we see that's a good roshet, that it seems from a possible that you're not allowed to wear a crown nowadays. So in the interim, Rav Huna returned. Remember, he had just stepped out to go to the bottom, so he came back and he heard them sitting and discussing this. So Elohim, my God, it's only Drabonim. Your name is Chizda, and your words are full of chesed, full of charm and kindness. So he says, it's, I think what it sounds to me like he's saying, it's a nice way of interpreting that pasuk, but that's not pshat. Rashi tells us what is pshat in that pasuk. Is it's a prophecy that at the similar time of the destruction of Beisamidashai, when the Kohen God removed his hat, the king, that will be the end of Malchus based David, the king Tzidkiyahu will be exiled and have his crown removed. So that's the correct shot in that possible. It's not referring to that people aren't allowed to wear their crowns like a group at that time. Ravina found Ravashi who was making this crown for his daughter. Don't you hold for the concept of when the Kohen Godel's hat is removed, no crown should be worn. So on Malay, Dumya to Kohen Godel, no, it's, it's where it's similar to a Kohen Godel, but Gabriel Benoshilo, that only applies to men, but not to women. My Zos Lozos. Now, once we're discussing this possible, what does it mean, this, not this? It doesn't seem to make sense. Says Dorash, Rabbi Avira, Rabbi Avira made the following Joshua. Zimnim Omalay Mishmay the Rav. Ami. Sometimes we say in the name of Rav Ami, the Zimnim, sorry, um, Rav Avir made the following Joshua, Zimnim Ola Mishmei the Rav Ami, Zimnim Omar Lei Mishmei the Rav Asi. Sometimes he said it in the name of Rav Ami and sometimes Rav Asi. But Shasha Omar HaKadosh Baruch Hu Yisrael, when Hashem said to Yisrael, Hoser Mitnefes Vaharim HaTorah, remove your hats and remove your crowns. Omru Malachai HaShores Lepnei HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Hashem said, the angel said to Hashem, you're going to do such a punishment for the Jews who said they said before they said Nishma. Remember one of the great malas that Nishma reached at Har Sinai is that they said they said we'll, whatever you tell us we will do it. And okay, tell us what it is but we'll do it. Um, you know, when someone says, can you do me a favor? What's your, what's the first question you go? Depends what it is. <laughs> so, yeah. <coughs> he said, B'nai Shal did it. And they said, Hashem will do it. And, and actually, interesting, like the Midrash says there, each Jew merited to crowns because of that. Um, I saw the Mashor brings that to Jews merited. That's where they earned their Keser Kohuna and Keser Malchus. You know, I'm Kohanim, what's it? I'm Lechez Kohanim You'll all be kings in Kohanim. And Israel earned all deserved America. Then they sent with the eagle and lost that high level of everyone basically being a king and a, uh, a king and a kohen. But that's where they were. They received two crowns. And but 
But I mean, this Gemara is not really discussing. It's just saying that Ben Israel, who reached that level, you're going to give them such a punishment. So Amalahem Lazos Lahem Yisrael Sheishfila Sakbam Ekevel Yisrael Veimidutzel Ameichal. Not only this is fitting to Ben Israel because they have degraded what was exalted and they have elevated what was lowly and they've put it idol uh, in the base of Mikdash. So the angel is saying, is this, is Ben Israel deserving of this, Zos? And Ben Israel is saying, Lozos. They're not even, not only are they deserving of this, but they're deserving of so much more. Dora Shrapa um, I didn't understand the Maharshal fully, but the one idea that I'm just slightly connected to Shavuos here is that he says that uh, he's tying their Torah learning into their um, into the other crowds. The Kohuna, Amleches, Panibugal, and that's that they have two other crowds. And Hashem is connected to their Torah learning. That's why Harsila, when they receive the Torah, that's when they merit it. They're at a high level. Um, and they received and then they sinned, they left away from Torah, they lost it. told us another Joshua sometimes in the name of Ramami, sometimes in the name of Asi. My dear, see, what does it mean when it's, the Postic says, If you are whole, and even if you numerous, they will be cut off. And uh, and, and disappear in the shul pass. So he says, Imro. So how does he explain that Joshua? Um, again, the surface is discussing the Jews being attacked by the enemies. But what's a deeper explanation of that Joshua? Im roya adam shemazoynosov metzum samin. Yasemem said, okay, if a person sees that he's got just enough sustenance, he should still make a point of giving tzedakah. I said, if you calculate, you need X amount to survive, you should, and that's what you're getting, you should still try. <coughs> Give some of that to Tzedakah. The kosher came, Keshahim Merubin, and how much more so if you have excess? And my Vachay Nigzo Ba'avar, oh, what does it mean? And so Nigoizu Ba'avar, they'll be cut off and things. It's Tanit Ba'ibishmel. Kola Goizes Minachos, of anyone who shears some of his assets. Ba'oise Mehem Tzedakah. And gives the docker, Nitzel Medina Shal Gehenim will be saved from Gehenim. Marshal Ustairachela Shahoya Ivers Bamaim, similar to two uh, sheep crossing water. Achas Goizer, Achas Eino Goizer, one is sheer and one is not sheer. Goizer Ovra, Vashaino Gozra, Gazuza, Ovra, Shaino Gazuza Lavra. The one that is sheared will be able to get through the water, the one that is not sheared will get water clogged and swept away. So I was thinking like this, we often, and I was thinking to add to the metaphor of the wool, is we often think our possessions make us. Like the bulk of us, that's, this is me, you can't separate, you want to shave off uh, my wool, you want to take my possessions, you can't, it's part of me, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's attached to me, you pull it out, you're like pulling out my hairs, and uh, it makes me a big deal. And, I mean, if you look, I don't know if you've ever seen how thick you go, I, I just remember that, uh, one of my nephews had a little farmyard at the birthday party, and you the, 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 you have a little lamb, and you touch it, and your hand goes like up to its elbow in this wool. It looks solid, but it's fluffy wool, like up to its elbow. It's a tiny little lamb, like pretty a fist wide with the you know that's a whole on the deeper wool. So so that's it. But that's how it's what makes you. You think it's all your possessions that are giving you your substance, and you think they are part of you. 
but they just like will and often they're holding you back. Give it as to Dokka. And then just carrying on with the positive, and I will afflict you. What does that mean? So again, in line with how we expound in the pasuk. So even an oni for any even if you're afflicted, you're very poor, who's provided for, you should give tzedakah. And lo and I will then stop carrying on with the pasuk. Lo and I will not afflict you further. He will lose some of his uh, aspects of poverty if he's careful to give tzedakah. So somehow the giving of tzedakah. Um, for a poor person, alleviate some of the pressures of poverty. Okay, Rabbi Yehuda, I Yehuda said that, remember this Rabbi Yehuda gave the boundaries of Eretz Israel back to our Mishnah, which said that if you take a get from outside to inside, and then it gave the boundaries, so he said, says, you're telling me that Akko is the north of Eretz Israel. Israel come. He says, there's a contradiction. If someone's traveling from Akko to Kaziv, on his, so Rashi explains, if he's traveling north in a straight line from Akko to Xivs, he's headed north, on him, we're going to see, on his right is Chutz Laaretz, and on his left is Eretz Yisrael. We see that Akko firstly, I mean this is all going to be in the Gomorrah by Rashi, we see that Akko firstly is not the north, it's south of Kaziv, by a good round, and it's on the east, because we're saying if you're walking on that road from Akko to Kaziv, your right is um, your right is Eretz Yisrael and your left is your right is Chutz Laaretz, the east, and the east is Eretz Yisrael. Mimona lemizrach aderek tamei mishum Eretz Ha'amim upeturim mina masru mina shviyis hachi adelachos shehichayeves. When you're walking on the on that journey, on your right is Tomei. Remember, Chutz Laaretz has a gzayra that going into Chutz Laaretz makes you Tomei. And you're exempt from all the things that have halachas to do with Eretzal. Trumas, Masrois, Maser, and Shviz. Shmitriya. Umi Ismaila, Lamarov. On your left, westwards. Haderech, Tohoira, Mishum, Eretz, Amin, Vachayeves, Bamaser, with Shviz. Adshiadela, Choshehi, Petura. No, it is. Your left is considered Eretz Yisrael, it's Tahar, you have in Maser, and you're obligated to keep the Shemitah year there, unless you know that you Potter, unless you know clearly that whatever the road curved or something, and that's outside of Eretz Yisrael. But what do we see? Ad Heichan, and how far does this go? Ad Kaziv until Kaziv. Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Yossi, Omi, Mishum, Aviv, Av, Lav, Levo. So it's not Kaziv, but Lav, Levo. But otherwise, the main point is there. We see that Akko is not the most north town of Eretz Yisrael, and it's also on the east, that's to define the east border. Well, so it seems our current understanding of Rashi is it's not that Akko. It's not the Akko that we know. Yeah. And then it says, so he says, Omar Abayi Ritsu and No, it's the strap that goes out. So our current explanation is, if you imagine it, you have Eretz Yisrael, you have the northern border, let's just for simplicity keep it a flat northern border, and on the right, the northern border, on the East of the northern border, you have a protrusion going from Akko to Kazim. So that's what you're referring to. Yeah, you're right. Akko is in line with the northern border, but there is this strip of land that goes heading north. Others explain, like we understand Akko. Akko is on the Mediterranean. So this answer, what the answer is actually saying, is that now you back. Now we're going on the Mediterranean side. So Akko is in line with the north of Eretz Yisrael. But there is that strip following up along the Mediterranean a little bit until Kaziv. 
So we no longer discuss, and that's why the draw actually says the girsa must be the other way around. Not when you're walking from Akko to Gaziv. No, it can be the same thing. That the right is Kutz and the left is Eretz Israel. But again, it's that's a strip going past where most of the north of Eretz Israel is along the Mediterranean. But Yoav Tana Simona Hachi, with the Tana bother telling us a siman, a way to realize um, a border on such a thin strip of land, says, We see that Psukim give uh, thin lands as uh, thin, uh, thin uh, strips as. Markers. They had a festival for Hashem yearly in Shiloh. Where is that? Hashem it's final base El, north of base El, Mizracha Hashemish Misila Olami Base El Shema. East of the road that goes from base El to Shem. And south of Levona. But what do we see? The Torah is t- giving us a definition where something is based on the a, a road, a thin strip of land. I'm not sure exactly what that piece is saying. For Omar Apopolim is Rafa Shomusula, it's telling us Shiloh is on the east of that road. So the Torah does give us definitions based on a thin strip of land. Okay, now we're going back to our Mishnah, and it says that if one writes, and the discussion is if one writes a get on a boat, and the assumption here is that the boat is on a river in Eretz Israel. So you write a get on a boat in Eretz Israel, and you deliver it onto the land of Eretz Israel. Does it count as if you're in Eretz Israel or not? If you bring a get off a boat, it's like you're bringing the get into, from Eretz Israel. But it's no, it's the, the rivers in Eretz Israel, the water bodies in Eretz Israel are like Chuzlaret. So, if you have land from Chuzlaret, this is actually irrelevant where the earth is from, but you bring a land, earth in a boat, the Eretz, into Eretz Israel, you liable in master and shears. This is where the boat is grounded. I touch in the ground. But if the boat is not grounded, he is exempt. This, uh, what, what do we see, reviewers? If you've got a boat in a river in Eretz Israel, or a, or a lake, and you've got a plant that you planted on that boat, according to the Tanakhama, it counts as if you're in Eretz Israel. I would view the boat as resting on the land of Eretz Israel. According to Rabbi Yehuda, no, it's not viewed as in Eretz Israel. So you want to say the same thing, just as a blanket rule. On a boat, according to the Tanakhama, it's viewed as if you are in Eretz Israel and will have those laws if you ride a get on it. And according to Rabbi Yehuda, it's not. No, actually, you can say both are Rabbi Yehuda. Yeah, you can say both are Rebbe and it just depends whether the boat is resting on the ground. Uh, if it's resting on the ground, then it's part of the ground and part of Eretz Israel, and therefore what you grow on it, or you write a get on it, you would be treated as if it's in Eretz Israel. If the boat's floating in the water, then you've got the water between the boat and the land of Eretz Israel. It's no longer considered in or on Eretz Israel, and, the, and it's now suits the Eretz. the river there would be a temporary yeah. So let's uh, let's touch on that tomorrow. Let's leave it here for today, and we'll touch on your question uh, tomorrow because it does discuss uh, why that should make a difference. And we'll leave it here for today.